Happy Thursday, y'all. Happy Thursday. Welcome to the Wandermore Podcast, a podcast for travel enthusiasts, restless nomads, and excursionists alike. I'm Colleen. And I'm Paul. This week, we're going to continue our conversation about Northern California. Last week, we talked about Carmel by the Sea, and we're going to head just about 25 miles south over the Bixby Bridge. How many times? Sure. Several times a day. <laughs> uh, pick up the kids. I feel like y'all know the music that should be playing when we're crossing. Totally. <laughs> Big Sur is located along the Pacific Coast, as we talked about with Carmel by the Sea. It's just under 300 miles from LAX and about 135 miles from SFO. It's actually the longest and most scenic stretch of undeveloped coastline in the U.S. Do you know that? No, I didn't know that. <laughs> it does feel that way, too, because you can get stuck behind some pretty slow drivers taking in that scenery. So I imagine. Yeah, but everyone's really chill about the slow driving because it is such a scenic drive. That's I feel true. like everyone's very respectful, which I enjoy, because if you're speeding through there, who are you? True. That's true. Interesting thing about Big Sur, it's not an incorporated town. It's just a region. It's an area without any formal boundaries. It makes more sense to know that it's not incorporated and it's just kind of a landmass on the coast. So originally uh, settled by the Spanish, they were living in Monterey Peninsula and they referred to the area that is now Big Sur as El Pas Grande del Sur, which is the big country to the south. Wow. And you say it with such great accent, too. I like that. <laughs> and then in the 1950s and 60s, it became a retreat for artists and writers. And today it attracts several self-proclaimed artists, New Age mystics, oh. which I liked that terminology, <laughs> and latter-day hippies. That, that's kind of what I think of when I think of Big Sur, is I think of those sort of like authors in the 50s and then from then on it becoming this sort of like hippie you never know if there's a commune around there or not like uh-huh. that whole sort of like alternative lifestyle that's always what I thought of when I thought of Big Sur prior to visiting yeah and one thing that I didn't put together at the time that final scene from Mad Men this is I mean if you guys haven't seen it it's been years so spoiler, spoiler. alert the retreat he's at is supposed to be a retreat in Big Sur did you know that no I didn't It's along Highway 1, which Highway 1 itself is over 656 miles. Wow. The longest state route in California. Do you want to guess how many years it took to complete? Uh, I mean, 20 years, maybe? Ooh, very close. 18, yeah. (laughs) Which, it's funny because it was like a sentence in Wikipedia. Well, so first thing, you're mentioning Highway 1. Mm. So one of the most interesting things that I found during um, researching a little bit about Big Sur is that Throughout all of Monterey County, which spans Big Sur and obviously Carmel, there are actually no billboards allowed on any of the roads, specifically Highway 1. And over the years, there have been a few legal challenges by local businesses to actually change this. And every single time, the law has stood. And so it's kind of funny because over the years, that not only did those initial ordinances of no billboards stand, but they actually got more strict. So signage can't be anywhere near major roads, you're not inundated with the sort of advertising and commercial aspects of of pretty much every other part of California and the U.S. The facade of businesses, they need to be modestly scaled. Did you get into this? No, I didn't. And they have to have a rural nature that is conforming to the Big Sur region. 
Oh my god! So like modern wilderness, cabin, cabiny feel. Yeah, wow. which is awesome because I've never seen cuter gas stations, cuter delis. That is true. There's definitely some gas stations that you pass by that are also the post office and also the laundromat and they definitely have outhouses in the back like it's a pretty wild experience for yeah. a gas station yeah i think the only time i've ever used an outhouse was in big sur <laughs> and it was pretty chic as of 2018 there were only uh, 1728 residents a lot of the residents are not year-round and so interesting fact about that because we're talking about very sparsely populated area of california most of the houses didn't even have electricity until the 1930s because there was no way to get people on the national grid. Living off the land type of things uh-huh. would happen in these houses until they finally got electricity. So, And it's interesting because I was reading a lot. I was curious about the amount of visitors that come to Big Sur. I, oh, yeah. I How always many wonder, vis- yeah, the number of visitors to Big Sur has risen about 1.5 million since 1978 to about 3 million in 1980. It's estimated that it jumped during 2014 and 2015 to 4 to 5 million people. Whoa. Which is comparable or greater than the number of visitors who go to the Yosemite, which I thought was really interesting. And so interesting fact about that, because 75% of the land is owned by some mixture of governmental agency if you are driving along the coast whichever side the coastline is on the other side is just deep canyons and amazingly groomed hills so i I always wondered who was taking care of that sounds like the u.s is (laughs) so the yosemite offers around 5400 parking spots for free daily but in big sur there's only a single public bus that runs three times a day from Big Sur Station to Pfeiffer Beach, which is one of the landmarks. If you've seen probably pictures of Big Sur, you've seen probably McWay Falls, or you've seen Pfeiffer Beach. And it's estimated that the Nepenthe restaurant, Mm -hmm. which is probably one of the other images you've seen, since 2017 has had a increase of visitors by 40%. Wow. From 2011. And so that's why people are parked all along the roads. People are... It's kind of a free-for-all, <laughs> which we've only gone in November time. I mean, I guess that leads us into when is a good time to go. I mean, I guess it depends on what you are looking for, but we've always gone in the winter. You know, I would say it's it's there's no real bad time to go. It has a sunny, dry summer, and the fall is cool It has coastal temperatures that range from 50s at night to 70s by the day. Terrible. um, From June through October. Mm. So just lovely. And then November through May, it's 40s to 60s. Weather perspective, it's never a bad time to go. Cost and uh, chaos perspective, it's a little bit better to go non-summer. In terms of uh, when when you get there, how how long would you say is is a perfect trip? duration yeah so I think you were spot on the first time you planned this it can literally be a day trip if you are staying in Carmel or Monterey or anywhere 
around there, or you can stay overnight. Doesn't need much more than that. There's several places to hike. That's kind of the main attraction, but there's not a ton else to do. And also given to what we were talking about before with the restrictions on billboards and the restrictions on exterior buildings, you better bet that there are no chain hotels there. So the sheer volume of hotels is a bit smaller, other than some crazy hotels, which we'll get into, they're pretty chill and they can be a bit pricey. So if you're going to do an overnight. I really liked Glen Oaks where we stayed that one night. Yeah. had um, Some of the rooms have an indoor, outdoor fireplace wall. Oh, my God. Which is beautiful. Yeah. Um, so that was really, really nice. Um, there's also the Big Sur Lodge, which is. Um, is it actually a. It has rooms? It does have rooms. Oh, okay. Because we went in there after a hike. Yeah. um, Because it's utterly gorgeous. Google it. Get an image. It's so cute. Um, And it looked better from the outside than the inside. It kind of felt like a school cafeteria on the inside. But it was California, so they still served wine, which was fine. But I had no sense of if they actually had rooms but okay yeah confirmed <laughs> the lodge is a lodge <laughs> <laughs> and then uh and then the other one i think is more fancy right the, uh ventana oh yeah yeah it's it's really beautiful for the most part you're going to be either in a car to actually get to your hotel and then once you're at your hotel if you're at like a glen oaks you can by foot, probably walk across the street. There's a restaurant. You can get coffee there. We ended up getting dinner up the street and we walked there. So there's a few things, but for the most part, you're going to be driving or biking. There's a lot of bikers around there. And then hiking once you get to a destination. Public transportation is a little bit limited, as I mentioned before, with the shuttle. Yeah, it, and it's literally it's one road. <laughs> yeah. So all you know, there's no um, there's no way to get around that road. Mm. So yeah, truly, you you'd probably take your car, you'd drive somewhere, you'd walk to the one or two spots, get back in your car, drive to another place. That sounds worse than it is. It's actually amazing because the drive, like we were saying, it's is beautiful. Is beautiful. Yeah. But even biking, I mean, you can bike. I wouldn't recommend biking along highway one especially if the weather is not exactly perfect yeah it's a narrow narrow strip it is it's it is a really narrow road which we should also highlight because i feel like when you think of a california highway you think of the crazy ones you see outside of la or in and around la that are like four wide this is a narrow road that has a lot of people hovering around it um and it's perched up on a crazy hill um that is scary (laughs) oftentimes. But we say this as non-bikers. It is actually a really popular bike path because it's so beautiful. And it's actually a popular place for their yearly marathon for running. So just if you're good at biking and comfortable with that, it's beautiful. However, for most people, you're not going to see like a family out biking. No other place to stay that I forgot that we obviously have to mention if you're going really fancy post ranch not the post ranch it the post ranch I'm sorry if 
Funds are not an option, which is my favorite hypothetical. <laughs> the Post Ranch is utterly gorgeous. It is where every celebrity stays. I think uh, Kristen Bell and Dax Shepard were there a few weeks ago. I could tell via their Instagram. Um, your boy, Ryan Reynolds, and Blake Lively were there for like a boy. baby moon or something like that. It's perched up in a hill, kind of like Ventana. They have florida ceiling windows in their dining room and you can just look over the ocean also some of the crazy rooms have private pools that are the infinity style pools so it's like a pool outside of your room (laughs) overlooking the ocean if you're going there for something special go to post ranch inn so we were actually turned away because we wanted to get a drink uh, in their dining room. Yeah. And I think we got there a little bit before 5, and they, they opened at 5 or 5.30. Yeah. And I... we aren't, you aren't allowed to go into the grounds unless you're staying there yeah. or you're visiting, you know, as part of dinner time. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty funny <laughs> that we had to back up and go and leave the, the oh my God. Our, <laughs> premises. Our, our U-turn of shame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it is true. And I looked this up because I... I at first, I thought it was snobbish. The restaurant that's there is only dinner. Yeah, yeah. Like, they don't have, like, a all-day bar in the way that most hotels would or a place that you could go get. Like, I, they have very strict, like, dinner times. And so, literally, the bar and restaurant doesn't open until 530. Yeah, but I didn't upgrade to the Kia Optima oh to God. get turned away at the Post Ranch Inn. So, okay, for, <laughs> note to self. Okay, we did not drive a Kia, though. Come on. <laughs> Stay there, and they will let you in at any time. Yeah, they'll even let you out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On the other side of the spectrum, if you are a camper. Yes, camping. Which we are not. No. So there are a lot of public and private campgrounds along the coast. This is out of our wheelhouse. We are not campers. I think I've camped one day in my life, and it was just not for me. And it was at a music festival, right? That still oh, yeah. counts for camping. It does. Yeah. Um, Beautiful Bridgeport. There's plenty of information about camping that you can look into. Google it. You'll find plenty of information. Other thing about while you're there that I think is important to know that we didn't realize, it makes sense when you think about it, but it's a Wi-Fi dead zone. Oh, like yeah. Wi-Fi you, and cell service. There's, yeah. You, you rarely have more than one bar unless you're at the top of the mountain that you've hiked. Yeah, or you're at the Post Ranch Inn. They keep all the internet at the Post Ranch Inn. Good thing is it's just the one road, so you're not really going to get lost. True. But it was kind of nerve-wracking the first time when we were driving from Carmel and we were trying to find our hiking spot. It's okay. You can get a paper map. You're just following the same road, and there are signs for everything. So if you haven't seen a sign, don't freak out. You're probably just not there yet. Stay near your mate so you guys don't get lost. (laughs) What we ended up doing at the end was as soon as we left our place in Carmel, we would just basically download an offline map of that entire area Mm -hmm. so that we we had at least some idea of where we are. You could certainly do that. Okay, so in terms of liquor laws, um, it's California. We talked about this before, but you can get booze everywhere. Um, You can get it at the deli. You can get it at the gas station. Yep, they had Um, White Claws at the little deli. (laughs) Um, if you're there in the summer, (laughs) sleep score, Uh, is it 11? I mean, (laughs) it can't get more sleepy than Big Sur, I would say. Yeah. It's expensive. It is. um, Because there's not a lot of stuff actually there. 
So I would say the average cup of coffee is three to four dollars. It's definitely you're you're definitely paying San Francisco prices for sure. Yeah. Um, even though you're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, and kind of like famous getaway prices. Like this yeah. is this is a it's a historical landmark and it's also not very commercial. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely like a um a sunscreen in Mexico kind of purchase <laughs> yeah. that you're gonna make when you're getting the bread at the Big Sur bakery. Yeah. And safety score, it's it's really safe. It's just the coyotes. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. So when you're there, things to do, hiking. For sure hiking. You know, we did talk about cruising highway one. Yeah. Just going up and down. If you are going on a hike, the Julia Pfeiffer Burn State Park is the largest one. Within that, there is the McWay Falls, which is the most iconic picture you think of when you think of Big Sur. Yes, the water looks that turquoise. It's crazy. It's unbelievable. And then there's also Pfeiffer Beach. It has that rock that the water has cut through enough that it's kind of has a U-shape through it. And then there's also the Point Sur State Historic Park. The first time we were driving from Carmel to Big Sur versus just starting in Big Sur and going up, we passed by this, it looks like an island. Oh, that place. Yeah, oh, yeah. I was wondering the name. You're, yeah. Oh, you're so right. It looks like an island, but it's actually connected by land. The lighthouse itself was built in 1889. And you can actually book tickets to tour it. Yeah. I think tickets were something like $20, not crazy at all, and available, and it's a couple hours. It's something that's on our list to do next time. I think there are two options. There's like a 30-minute tour, and there's a two- two and a half hour tour oh um, almost two and a half hours which i thought was amazing to yeah. be able to walk around that entire thing so in addition to hiking also just walking around yeah there's a ton of cute little restaurants that are just stowed away um relaxing there's no wi-fi if you're the type of person that just likes to chill out and read a book this is a great place for you if you forgot your book you can pop by the herman miller bookshop he is actually one of the notable people who lived there. He lived in Big Sur from 44 to 63, and he wrote a book called Big Sur and the Oranges of Hieromus Bosch. Um, I'm definitely butchering that one, but (laughs) (laughs) he's one of the notable people. They have a bookstore named after him, and he actually moved to Big Sur by an invitation of a French artist named Jean Verda, and when he first moved there, he was broke. He reached out to his friend Linda Sargent, who is a novelist, and rented a cabin from her and stayed there for a while. Yeah, so he had to move because actually that cabin was sold to Rita Hayworth and Orson Welles because they had done an impulse trip to Big Sur and fell in love with it. The interesting thing, though, is they never spent a night there. Why? bought the place. Never went back. I have no idea why. Creepy. Um, Do you want to guess? Oh, not the price. Well... That's funny. Right. Um, do you want to guess what that property is now? What? This is my most exciting fact of all my digging. We've been there. It's not... Is it Rocky Point? Nope. Close. Um, Big Sur Bakery? 
Nepenthe. It's Nepenthe. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That was her little cabin. Wow. Briefly owned by Rita Hayworth. Incredible. And her lover. <laughs> wow. Can you describe what Nepenthe is? Yeah, totally. <laughs> For those of you who haven't been. So of the places we would recommend going, Nepenthe is one of them. We went for a drink right at sunset. It's a restaurant overlooking a cliff and you get views of the ocean. They have like a gift shop and they have like a whole indoor seating area, but they have a very beautiful sprawling patio with Adirondack chairs all set up. And they have like this stone wall that people basically perch up against right at sunset because, I mean, rises in the east, sets in the west. (laughs) California gets really good sunset. And it gets pretty packed. They do have a large parking lot, so you can find parking. I would get a drink and go to the stone wall and just like stake out the sunset. And the gifts the gift shop's kinda awesome oh, too. Yeah. It's called the Phoenix store. Uh-huh. Quite a bit of, you know, home goods, sort of crafty looking things. Totally. It's like a better anthropology, I would yeah. say, in that sense. Yeah. But like the home goods section of it. Cool rich people shit. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. Speaking of that, yes, um, love I cool, love rich people shit. Rocky Point Restaurant because yes. it basically has a similar view mm. um, as Nepenthe, but not quite as perched up. Yeah, but definitely a view of the water. Mm-hmm. There's same Adirondack chairs outside. Mm. There's an outdoor area that's sort of multi-level, and we usually get a drink there and take it outside. They have a great um, Irish coffee. They do, and a great Bloody Mary. Two different kinds of Bloody Marys. I love that because it's laid back. Mm. It's sort of a different feeling than Nepenthe. You need to do both in the same trip. There are locals that go to Rocky Point. It's yeah. pretty amazing despite it we being right We sat next to on... two of them at the bar. Yeah. Yeah. So I liked, I liked that place quite a bit. And you showed me that place. For context, I think we've been to Big Sur, what, three times, four times? Yeah, three. So the first time Nepenthe was top of my list because it was what I heard of. And I think you should absolutely go there. Everyone has heard of it, so it is packed. I think Rocky Point is a little bit lesser known. It also is more north. So Nepenthe is going to be next door to Ventana, still in the Big Sur region. I would say that Rocky Point is probably like 15 minutes north. You're not going to organically drive by it in the way that you could Nepenthe, but it's absolutely worth the drive. I mean, 15 minutes. It's not a lot. Also, Rocky Point, good menu, yeah, not overpriced in the way that it could all. be. Other places you enjoy around the area? So there's a place called Big Sur Deli, mm. and it's deli. It also has a restaurant in the back. Yeah. One time, we actually got an avocado sandwich from there. It was a, che- a cheese and avocado sandwich that we took. We were starving. With and sprouts. With sprouts. California. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely the Californian, if ordered anywhere else outside of California. It was great. We tried to reproduce that a second time, and apparently there were no avocados in the region. So that's something... It was during the drought. Yeah, yeah. But um, I loved it because it has everything. It has 805 beer, my favorite beer. Yeah. Again, middle of nowhere, but it has everything that you need. Yeah. Deli, general store market. It's a restaurant, and it also is attached to a post office. And a gas station. Everything you kind of need. The price gouging isn't crazy. They could have been worse. I looked at the wine selection there. We'd already had a bottle for later, so we didn't need anything. But they had a really good selection. They had a ton of fun snacks. The coffee's okay. 
And the sandwiches are made there. So I would good place to get some snacks and some sandwiches and some sundries if you're going on a hike. If you don't want to do like a sit down. If you wanted to do more of a sit down, like breakfast or lunch, I would recommend the Big Sur Roadhouse. Oh, yeah. Which is the restaurant that's across the street from Glen Oaks where we stayed. They're only open for breakfast and lunch, which is unfortunate because we would have gone there for dinner. We weren't looking to do a big sit down, but it gets good reviews. It's well priced. It's a super cute building. It is. And that's where we get the coffee. Right yes, in the morning that's, from yeah, Oaks. that's where, yeah, totally. We literally rolled out of bed and walked across the street and got free coffee. I mean, I can't complain at uh. all. Obviously, you need more than one cup of coffee in a day. So that we got in the morning. We did our drive down. Um, we stopped at the deli. You got the sandwich. And then we always do a pop-in to Big Sur Bakery, which I think is one of the most famous spots in Big Sur for food. Because it is by the very cute gas station we talked about before, up the hill from the deli. So you can park at the deli and then walk up the hill to Big Sur Bakery. And it's not that big of a place. They do another full sit down if you want like a breakfast. They also do like, you know, like avocado toast and pastries and things like that. They're known for their stolen, 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 stolen around Christmas time. The coffee is good. A lot good. of judgment. Uh, the coffee is expensive, but it's good. And this is actually where we use the outhouse. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is clean and fine and fun. So that's another good place to get another pick-me-up Yeah. if you want some more coffee. And you should just go there. It is definitely an institution in the area. Now for dinner. We went to the Big Sur River Inn and Restaurant. Okay, because it was it was along the river. And I remember it, it was a, there was a huge parking lot in front of the building totally. that was very lo- like long uh, lengthwise totally uh, wide it was yelp indoor outdoor pictures that yeah. helped me discern because there a, a lot of the places look similar because of uh the restrictions on the aesthetic of the area of the buildings um so it's kind of hard to tell One what from, from what mm-hmm. and we th- when we stayed there this was years ago so this was a good what four or five years ago yeah I would not recommend it. It was fine. We didn't have strong dinner plans. We more had strong like hiking and seeing the sights plans. This was walking distance from a restaurant. A place that's newer that was not there when we were there called The Village. Did you see this? No. Okay, super cute. This is where we would totally go. Oh, shoot. And if we spend an overnight there, I absolutely want to go. It's under renovation now will open back up in March. It's part shop, part gallery, part yoga place, (laughs) (laughs) and also part restaurant. It's super cute. Prices for it are good. It's so California. Oh, yeah. Uh, Deachin's restaurant. Okay. They're pretty good. They're right down the street from Glen Oaks. And also, if you wanted to do something a little bit fancier, Sierra Mar, they have a multi-course dinner. It's four courses and it's $125. So if it's in the Post Ranch Inn, you get the views. That's an option for you. In terms of bars, we talked about Rocky Point. 100% recommend that. Uh, We talk about Nepenthe. 100% recommend that. And the Post Ranch Inn. Post Ranch Inn. Yeah. One other thing we should mention that's really interesting about the Big Sur area is that there's hot springs. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. You actually brought this up because a former coworker of yours recommended this to us at... Esalen? Thank you. Oh, my God. I did not want to have to say that. So they have hot springs, and they open it to the public between 1 a.m. and 3 a.m. as a night owl. That's amazing. (laughs) And you can get reservations online, and they always book up. So be on it. That's the way that you get them, and they're $35 per person. Isn't it sort of like a... Like a nudist <laughs> thing, though, right? Okay, New England prude. <laughs> I think it's wear what you're comfortable wearing. Okay. I mean, we're under the moon. Yeah. That's how it works, right? It's it's Lost Coast. <laughs> if you were to talk about the charm score for Big Sur. I would say the first two words that come into my mind are wilderness chic. <laughs> I feel like it's... Wait, wait, is the aesthetic of how we're dressing or yeah exactly when you get there you 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 have to start dressing that way too but i I, lots of shearling (laughs) i think um i i would say like it's a nine i mean i think it's very very charming the only thing that would make it maybe an eight even eight i might downgrade it only because you don't get to walk along a street and see all the like buildings at night because everything's so tucked away so you actually see darkness yeah. pretty much everywhere yeah. so i that in itself has its a charm yeah but i guess the only thing that would make it better would be one little main street that we could walk down and have a drink somewhere that that type of thing so that's the only thing that keeps me from saying a 10 what about you agreed yeah I, yeah i guess i guess when you said that the first thing that came to mind was it is a little disjointed yeah you know there's not any sort of togetherness the New York Times actually said it was one of the most stunning meetings of land and sea in the world. And Condé Nast Traveler named State Route 1 through Big Sur as one of the 10 most famous streets comparable to Broadway in New York City or the Champs-Élysées in Paris. And writers have compared Big Sur to other natural wonders like the Grand Canyon. And novelist Herbert Gold describes it as one of Americans' great retreats for those who nourish themselves with wilderness. That's awesome. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. I would say this is one of the most magical places I've ever been. I don't care for hiking, and I make sure we go on a hike every year there. So I would put it at a nine just because it is so unlike any place I've been before. So this is a first for the pod (laughs) in which Colleen's... Charm score is higher than mine, but noted. Yeah, it, and it makes sense. It makes sense. It's definitely a <laughs> so more I, my style than yours. I can probably guess your answer to whether or not you think the trip is overrated to go or not. Oh my God, despite all of the information I gave you about how many people go there, how slow it is to get around Highway 1 because people are pulling off and stopping and taking pictures, and the amount of right influencers in the wild that you're gonna be seeing. The good thing I would say is, despite it being on the pricier side, you can do it in a lot of different ways. You don't only have to stay at the Post Ranch Inn and you don't even have to spend the night. Um, I would recommend if you're looking to have a more frugal experience, go there for the day and spend the night somewhere else. Stay in Carmel, stay in Monterey, stay in Pacific Grove. There's a lot more hotels there so you can find more of a price range that 
meets a lot of different needs. Yeah, I agree. I, I think Big Sur is an absolute must as part of a broader California trip. At least for an East Coaster, I would recommend visiting it for sure, but I wouldn't necessarily fly all the way to California for Big Sur and then leave. The oh, charm of it yeah. is where it's located in relation to other charming places. So that's yeah. why I think we you know, we would certainly combine it with a trip to Carmel or San Francisco. Agreed. But that's like flying all the way to Australia and only spending a night or two in Sydney. Exactly. <laughs> Who would do that? Not recommended. <laughs> well, Paul, thank you so much. Thank you, Colleen. That's it for this edition of the Wander More podcast. You can find links to some of the things we talked about on our show page at wandermore.io slash podcast. You can email us at podcast at wandermore.io. You can download the entire catalog of Wandermore when you subscribe. Just search for Wandermore in the podcast and your podcast app of choice. I'm Colleen. Until we hang next time. Have a nice trip. Um, is that my phone? I think maybe we should just move my phone away. It's the iPad. Um, Can we put that in a closet or something?